We're, we're recording now, right? Yeah, okay. it's cheers. been recording. Yes. Oh, okay. Cheers. It's easier that way because then there's no rough introductions. Cheers. Mm. Cheers, thank you for being here. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, this is this exciting. Is, oh, I'm excited to do this, my very first podcast. Woo! I love it. So are you nervous? Um, not actually. First of all, because I just tend to... Um, be like you, a little bit uninhibited. Yeah. <laughs> You've got a great guy back there, Marshall, yeah. and if all of a sudden I decide to sit here and talk about, you know, the skeletons <laughs> in my closet, we'll say, hey, don't record that. He'll let you do that, probably. And also, <laughs> there's a great host on this podcast. Aw, so, thanks. And the other thing I have done, which any podcast guest on any podcast should do, is listen to the podcast oh, ahead yeah, of time. that's good. So that you get a sense for what the host is like, what the podcast is like, what nice. the topics are like, so you're not just walking in blind. Yeah, I think it's important to do your research so you know. We've seen people do that. They'll go on a TV show or something and all of a sudden they're like, this interviewer is slamming me and, well, yeah, that's what they do. To every single person. Every single yeah. person. You're surprised about this? No, vet yourself before you show up. Yeah, that's good. Well, I'm glad you listened and then you still wanted to be on, so that's a good sign. <laughs> Listen to Anne Yeah, well, you've had some good guests. Yeah. Most so, what? Here, listen to them all. Yeah, listen to them all. But maybe not like the first two or three. Actually, I kind of think that's a good thing to, if you're thinking about going, I'm not oh, thinking about yeah. going into the podcast world. I'm not thinking about going into the podcast world. But if you were ever thinking about that. Then you should. Then you should, because you'll hear that the first couple of any, any podcast are yeah. kind of a little bit awkward and then it gets their groove exactly so when you make mistakes as we all make mistakes you won't be freaking out about them that's true and that is something i did in the beginning i went back to the podcast that i listened to and listened to their first and second episodes and so then you realize like oh okay everyone has to start at square one yeah you can go right now and watch all the you know really hot youtubers that have yeah. these mm, multi-million followings and you watch their first ones and you're like oh, that was fun right it's really entertaining to see where they started because especially like joe rogan who's done over i think they're at like 1100 podcasts now and his podcasts are like two to three hours long so that's a lot of time that he's spent in front of the microphone and other people working on this whole craft and so it's it's nice to see that he also started very awkwardly it was really weird <laughs> So did you, I mean, that's kind of how I feel. Now I've done like, this is my 13th, I think. Um, and I feel like way more comfortable now, of course, than episode one. But then when I think about things like Instagram Live or Facebook Live, I get the same type of like jitters that I did when I was going to start this. Well, one of the things that I do with my Facebook Lives is I will record them and then because I know sometimes I will just scroll through things mm -hmm. and not listen. I'll go through and put in the captions. Oh. So every single time I have to listen to mm -hmm. it, not just once, but go back through. There's actually an auto-generated captions. Oh, yeah. Which is good, but it doesn't get it Everything. right. So right. you have to go back through and edit it. And after a while, you just get kind of used to, that's me, I'm there, I'm talking. Yeah. Is it, was it hard for you to listen to your voice? It's really hard for me to listen to my Still? voice. Still? 
Well, it was. I had gotten over it. Yeah. I also have done online workshops, mm -hmm. and when I do those, I record the workshops. Then I listen to them before I mail out the recordings, just to make sure I'm sending the people that are in the workshops all the information they need. And it takes a while, but I've gotten used to my voice. Yeah, it's hard to get used to your voice, though, and to not pick out all the things you did wrong. But sometimes it's good, right? You can improve and pay attention for next time, but... And actually, I don't know if you know um, this woman, uh, Barefoot Water Skier, mm -hmm. Karen Putz. Barefoot so, Water Skier? She's a barefoot water skier, and she's deaf. <laughs> so she always has what? to read the captions. Really? And we, I was in this discussion once, and she suggested leaving in some of the ums mm. when you're editing the captions so that she gets more of a feel of the authenticity of it oh. instead of the perfection of it. And the actual flow of how it went. Well, that's interesting. So have you started doing that? I leave in some of them. Sometimes <laughs> I'll take a few out. Yeah. I have been known to stumble over my tongue when I'm doing a broadcast. Oh, yeah. It's hard not to, and that's just part of being human, giving a presentation. So how long have you been doing your workshops in online videos? Probably off and on two years. There have wow. been some health issues and some family yeah. issues where I've been kind of off the grid for a while, which is fine, that's yeah. as it should be. Right. But two years. and. So is that how long you've had your business? I've had my business longer than that, but I didn't embrace the online world at first. Okay. And then I found out that I could do workshops with people in my jammies. Yeah. <laughs> you as can. long as you're dressed from the waist up, and it's also easy. <laughs> Well, you know, sometimes uh, I'll have pajama pants on, but I'll have a nice shirt on, maybe a skirt. Yeah. Nobody cares. Nobody notices. And then the people that I'm working with can be at home. They can have their own coffee. Right. They can have their own notebooks. They don't have to schlep laptops all over the place. Since most of what I do has to do with social media, it's you need your computer. Right, you right. You need it there. You need to be hands-on. And it's hard sometimes to drag everything and then depend on the Wi-Fi wherever you happen to be having oh, your meeting. Oh, yeah. That's tough. Yeah, have you got good Wi-Fi down here in this basement in an old It comes and goes. I think upstairs is probably better and then definitely at the coffee shop next door is good, but down here it's it's a little slow. Like today I was trying to do some editing in Canva. I'm like, come on, please. I mean, what you can probably do is get like a repeater yeah. somewhere. Oh, that would be a good idea. Yeah, I think right now my time here is not, like, I spend a lot of time, the most time probably with the podcast here, and then it's, I have not been here as much as I wanted to be, or thought I would be, but August has just been crazy. It's really hard, so if I can work from home and get two hours of work done, then there's, it's not really necessary for me to always come here, although it is nice to have for meetings and stuff. And podcasts, and you have a little table here that you can have. Yeah. groups in and do whatever you want. That's the next, that's like next on my list to have some workshops, but I think I'm going to try them in person first and then see how they go. Do you find that you lose anything by doing them virtually versus in person? Either way, there's pros and cons. And minuses. Yeah. There's, like for instance, I'm doing an Instagram challenge in my Facebook group right now. And I'm wanting to do a workshop on that. That one will have to be in person okay. because so much of Instagram is 
which button do you press on your phone to make something happen? Right. And so it's very visual and hands-on. But at least for that, people only have to bring their phone. They don't have to show up a laptop. Which is good. That's important. But you also have to make sure wherever you are has great Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which you don't always know until you get there. And then and so here, I don't know if... I'd have to probably do a workshop where people wouldn't need to connect to Wi-Fi. Well, it, most likely. I or find know. out when the coffee shop's not busy next That's door true. and then nip over there and say, hey, we're just all going to have some coffee and play with our phones. <laughs> and get on our phones. Do you find that people struggle the most with Instagram? I think people don't quite, it all depends, very visual people, it's great for them. Photographers, right. graphic artists, it's great. But people that are service oriented, it's a little bit harder to try to figure out how to visualize your business. Mm. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. But Instagram says it's about your story. Right. And if you put your mindset at the story aspect instead mm -hmm. of at the business aspect, then it's a little easier. Ah, so yeah. this, for instance, today is part of my story. Right. So our wonderful Marshall there will eventually take some photos and they'll probably show yes. up on my Instagram. <laughs> and I walked in the room and I took a picture of your microphone. Oh, you did? It will show up on my Instagram. Cool. And I think I, I tagged you already in, oh, I tagged the wine for the podcast, so, you know, priorities. <laughs> it is a priority. And that's that's how you have to think about Instagram, is that, you know, the business, but the story, if you're service-oriented, which we both are. Which we both are. And I think that's, been, that's even something I struggle with. And if you have a service, it's hard to show that. And you have to get creative with what you're putting out there. Because I'm really not comfortable with putting a bunch of, like, quotes or words on Instagram either. So I really have come to where I'm documenting like what I'm doing on a daily basis, which it, people like people. So if you're interacting with people on a regular basis, then people like to see that. And my brother, my brother has this Instagram account that is, um, after this you can look it up, but anyway, he's a personal trainer. And so he's gotten really comfortable documenting himself like during his workouts, but also just his life in general. And it's become, uh, I guess just really entertaining to see how far he takes it on Instagram. <laughs> he posted a picture of himself on the toilet today. <laughs> and it was, it was okay. too much for me. Like, I don't know. It's too much, Eddie. And I, does he have a business Instagram account or a personal Nope, he Instagram? runs them both combined. I yes. Guess I have my business account uh -huh. and my personal account. So do I. My personal account happens to have pictures of my colleague. I'll probably expand and put pictures of coffee and beer and maybe even wine. <laughs> right. <laughs> but that's about what my business, my yeah. personal account has. And, you know, beer will go on. Once in a while, there might be a beer show up in my business. But oh, yeah. there's not going to be, you know. I'll a toilet. And you on the toilet. <laughs> Oh, he, I'm not sure, I don't really know what the point of that one is. I think he's just trying to put himself out there like 110%, I think well, is the point. Actually, if he's a personal trainer, everything that goes in your body goes out of your body yeah. and the output can have an indication of what your That's overall true. health is. That's true. So there could be a spin on that. I wouldn't actually show the <laughs> I don't think he needed to show it either. Now, what I might have chosen to do would be to go to a Home Depot and take a picture of some toilets. Yeah. 
and be like, do you really need the toilet that can get, you know, 10,000 golf balls in it at once? You might not be eating right if you need this one. Is that how they advertise toilets? I've they never do, had like, to buy you know, a toilet. what you can put in there. <laughs> Yeah, we recently got some new toilets for our bathroom, so I've looked oh at them. And, well, it might not be 10,000 golf balls, but, you know, it's like, what can you put in this? <clears throat> yeah, I guess that makes sense. But is that more for, like, what if my kid throws something in the toilet, then I want to be sure that we don't need a new one? I think that was more the gearing toward it, but, you know. Oh, my gosh, that's so funny. <laughs> I just, I guess because I never had to buy one, I didn't think about it, but you want to pay attention to those things. <laughs> And I would rather have a nice, clean, on-the-shelf at Home Depot Yeah. if I'm going to be showing one at all, which I wouldn't be. It doesn't have anything to do with my business. Right. <laughs> I'm not sure how he related it to his business. I forgot I was so distracted by the photo. I think everybody was. <laughs> yeah. And did you know you can delete photos that are on Instagram? I did, because I've had to delete a couple. So if he decides later on that maybe that is inappropriate, he can always delete it. Right. If my mom calls him and's like, hey, that's crossing the line. She said that a couple times. Did you do you run anyone's Instagram account where you have to toggle between like anyone else besides your two? I am not currently running anybody's okay. Instagram accounts. I'm not really strong enough I've not been really strong enough on Instagram to market myself as well, name your account. And I think people should run their own accounts. I'm a big believer in that. Well, Instagram really rewards you for commenting back. And if somebody yes. comments on you and you get back to them within 30 minutes, Instagram will reward you. That's It's the interaction, right, that they yeah. want. They want you to create and a community there. They want your interaction. Right. They don't want my interaction on your account. Exactly. And they don't want bots. I posted an image quote with a coffee cup. And somebody commented back to me, you're looking really hot, sweetie. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I don't know, I think I look really good in a coffee cup. <laughs> yeah, so that's not... not off. Somehow that seems to be missing the authenticity. Oh, right. <laughs> exactly. But things can get tricky when you are, so I run a couple, just one restaurant. They're like the main client I have now, but um, I still run their Instagram account, and I went to a bachelorette party in Savannah last year and didn't realize that I was posting my bachelorette party photos on the restaurant account. But I figured it out within like 20 minutes, so I deleted them, but they were not restaurant appropriate. So, and it's, you know, Maison Sabika Naperville's got quite the reputation and, and a lot a of followers. it's a really nice place. And, they, and I'm sure they've had bachelorette parties there. Yeah, they have. They have. And I don't think, knowing you, I don't think you were doing, you were posting anything that shouldn't be It wasn't too crazy. It wasn't right. too crazy. Yeah, it wasn't too crazy. But it still was not, I mean, we had like penis attire and stuff. So Okay. <laughs> Yeah, not for me, sense. No. <laughs> oh, that was probably the worst one I've had. And that, and then. I, like this weekend, I went to a bachelorette party in Austin, so I wasn't even connected to the Maison Sabica and Tapas Valencia accounts because I just didn't want to risk it. <laughs> just, no, I, I don't know you guys today. Yeah, exactly. Now, that might be where it would be nice if you could afford it and, you know, had have a couple of different phones. I know people that have a few different phones and yeah. have different things on different phones. That would be nice. Because, and it is nice now, I think, there. well, maybe you know, is there an unlimited number of accounts you can connect to your Instagram? Because there used to be a limit. As far as I know, there is still a limit. Okay. Maybe they just increased it. Because I feel like 
for a while I was at the limit, but now I can still add accounts. So I'm not sure. And as you know, it changes yeah. weekly. Right. Like just recently, Instagram switched around. They were not allowing anything else to post to them. Oh, really? And earlier this year, they arranged it so that Buffer could do posts. You could schedule a post on Buffer, and it would put it out. In the oh, yeah. past, you could schedule a post, and then Buffer would send you a notification. It's time to post, right. and then you'd have to post. Now it will let Buffer post it. But I think Hootsuite can do that now, too. Only if it's square. It will not post an image if the image is not square. On buffer? On buffer. So it has to be size for Instagram already? Yes. Oh. Square. Do you have to have a business account? I have not tried it on my personal account. It would probably work. Because on Hootsuite, they specifically say that you have to have it set up as a business account to push it automatically without getting the notification. I have to double check that. Yeah. Because I know they have a whole sheet on what you can and can't push right. out, how and what, and whether you can push out images or videos or... Is Buffer your... Do you prefer that over Hootsuite? It all depends on what purpose it's oh, being good. used for. Yeah. Um, I do like the Hootsuite dashboard. Because mm -hmm. you can get a whole lot of information yeah. on there. I really like that too. But and I'm not familiar with Buffer. With the uh, new APIs, there's so many changes being made. It's like, I'm going to have to sit down probably in the next month or so after everything shakes out and decide what I keep, what I don't keep, and where I move things to. So how much time do you spend on the research part of things? Uh, roughly about 60 to 90 minutes a week. This is often, as I'm in a car going from place to place, this is where a lot of my podcasts come in. Okay. That's and some of it's just listening and, you know, okay, um, let's see. I don't have anybody on Snapchat. So when the Snapchat news comes up, if I'm driving, I kind of listen to it, but yeah. kind of not really and just wait for the next thing. And then when other things come, and luckily most of the podcasts that I listen to will have notes and then I'll know what to go back and check on the notes later. Oh, that's good, really? Because I can't write notes when I'm driving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool that they have notes that you can reference later. Yeah, which is useful. Now, for instance, this podcast, we're not telling people how to go out and do things, right. so we don't need to have notes people can reference later. Yeah, that's good. I didn't think about that. And I don't often, I guess because I listen to so many podcasts for entertainment that I... Well, and I'm not... Have you ever listened, or do you have any marketing podcasts that you listen to specifically? I have a few. That are entertaining? Yes, I can tell you who those are later. Okay. You're not going to push people out to anybody else. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll because, talk about that later. Got it, got it. Because the ones I listen to, and there's one, and it's short. They keep them, like, under seven minutes, and so it's nice, like, blips of information if you're searching for a specific topic, like SEOs or keywords or anything, but I, they're so boring. Buffer has its own podcast. Oh. It's usually less than 10 minutes, and it's not terribly boring. Okay, that's good. Sometimes it can be a little bit dry, but some topics, I'm sorry, There's there are no some topics you just it. can't get them interesting. Yeah. Well, that's why this started as a marketing podcast, and it is, like, no longer specifically marketing, because it just, I'm more interested in people's stories than I am in their marketing, which sometimes comes up too. I mean, it's well, 
in Instagram, your story is your marketing. It, there you go. Yeah. And so if you can get people comfortable about talking about their story as a part of their business. Right. Here, they've got two weeks worth of Instagram out of sitting here <laughs> with you on the couch for an hour. And you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you get in? I'm sweating like profusely right now. I'm uh, sorry. It happens to be August and that's what we do in Illinois in August. Yes. I feel it's like that bachelorette party is sweating out of me right now. <laughs> <laughs> what did, oh, we won't talk about what okay. we did. <laughs> well, it was in Austin and we were on Lake Travis and I will tell you, the highlight of the weekend, I think, was the entire time the bride the entire time leading up to it, the bride had decided she wanted one of those giant um, inflatable unicorn floats. Oh no! Yeah, that the women got stuck on in Minnesota. Yep. Same exact one. So she drove from her house in East Texas to Austin with this thing like jam-packed in a Mini Cooper. And when she picked this up at the airport, like we, I was squished in the back. <laughs> um, so anyway, Texas has been in a drought because it's August. And this weekend, it rained for the first time in like a month or something. And so our lake weekend kind of got a little squashed by the rain. But anyway, the Sunday was leg day and we knew the storm was coming in. So we were like on a deadline and we hauled the unicorn down there in the cooler. And of course, it takes a long time to blow up. But you're on, you're blowing up it with an electric pump, this giant unicorn on a boat dock, like in the boat slip surrounded by all these sailboats so, and a storm was coming in so it's kind of dangerous <laughs> and then it did start pouring rain it was like raining sideways on us and I was committed at that point like it wasn't blown up enough to float and leave it there but then we would have had to deflate it and take it back to the truck so it's like we're just doing it like we have a cooler of beer we're in our swimsuits what else it wasn't thundering or lightning yet okay because so the lightning is where you can get yes. in trouble on a lake. That's where I was concerned too. So we had one woman, she was responsible, she didn't drink. So she was on lookout for lightning. And the rest of us just, we were blowing that thing up and we got it filled enough to where it would float. And then we just jumped in one by one and we sat there until we saw lightning and then we jumped out and tied it to the dock and left. <laughs> <laughs> so it was fun. That was a good weekend, but I don't know how we got on that tangent now either. Because you didn't, have, you were in the sun and you didn't have enough water, which is how come you're sweating. Oh yeah, that's you right. probably need to spend the next couple of days <laughs> hydrating. I think. Yeah, I've been trying to, but yeah, it was fun. So anyway, I'm sorry. I'm sweating. Oh no, that's okay. That's part of your story. Yeah. Part of your story is you will hop on an airplane and go to your girlfriend's parties yeah. when they're getting married because that's who you are. It was fun. We had a good time. And then I was the maid of honor, so there's a lot of planning that goes into that. But then it's nice when it all you get to the actual weekend and you can just enjoy the weekend. And there everybody helped. Everyone was super helpful and like picking restaurants and things. So it was a good time. Are your are any of your friends getting married at this point? No, they're uh but I do have a one weekend um year I go with my girlfriends. This year is Atlanta. We pick a different city every oh, year. That's cool. Now, are these college girlfriends? No, um, we actually met in 1996. We were all pregnant with babies that were due in August Whoa. of 1996. Really? We have been having annual reunions since then. Oh my God, that's amazing. And this is just become from a sort of a scattering of people all over the country to a really tight group of friends. How did you all meet? On the internet. We were all in a Usenet group. Okay, <laughs> that's how old 
this is called miss.kids.pregnancy. And when you kind of, it was a very busy group, and when you had your babies, you were kind of unceremoniously told, go form your own group. Wow. For your birth month, which, you know, some people did, and our group is still together. A lot of groups aren't still. I mean, that's pretty impressive that you guys have been together since 1996. Think about this. These are people that had babies. We were arguing about whether or not to sleep with your baby, whether breast or bottle, cloth, mm -hmm. cloth or um, disposable, homeschooling or preschooling, work at home or not work at home. We got through all of that. Wow. By the time you have muddled through all those waters, yeah. you're tight. Right. <laughs> It's important to have that type of support as a new new mother. How many people are in the group? Right now, we've still got a solid group of about 40. I expect we'll probably have about 15 in Atlanta. Wow. 40 that you communicate with. Yes. And then 15-ish. And um, one of our moms this year passed away. It was really up. Oh. And 15 of us dropped everything, and we're in D.C. two days later. Wow. It's just like, we're just, we're just, and it wasn't even just that we were going. Our spouses know this group so well. It wasn't like, you're going where for what? It was like, of course you're going. Get the plane ticket. Yeah. We'll figure the rest of it out later. Wow, that's amazing that you guys are that close. And now, are you in touch with their kids at all? Um, actually, one of the greatest things that happened to me, um, one of the moms, her daughter, just graduated and her son has two more years at the University of Chicago. Wow. So they live near Baltimore and the kids are were here were and now are here. And when her daughter came, I started going to off she was involved in the dance yeah. group, so I would go to her dance programs. Her son's involved with the symphony and I go to those. That's so nice. And the after her daughter was here for a year, she calls me up and she's like, I'm moving into an apartment. Could you take me to Ikea and get me furniture? Oh. Which I thought was sweet, but I was like, no. Send me the furniture <laughs> you want. I'll pick it up and drop it off. Because right. I live five minutes from Ikea. She's at the University of Chicago. Yeah. Who was not going to drive in to drive back out to get furniture, to drive back in to drop it off, to drive back out. That's so nice of you, though. And it's nice that she has this whole support group of moms that she can call. She, yeah, she knew she could call me, and she knew it wouldn't be a problem. That's amazing. And she did call, which she says even more yeah because sometimes people don't take advantage of those offerings you know it's hard to ask for help so that's that's so amazing you guys now how do you communicate via email or like group text or it's mostly email there are some group texts there there's just all sorts of ways and there's one-on-one -on -one conversations right. oh my gosh and so who do you take turns planning the trips too no, we have a vote somewhere where we decide what city we're going to, and then it's kind of, once in a while somebody might take a, you know, I want to make sure we do this. Right. Or we'll decide Saturday night we're going to this restaurant and we'll make a reservation so that we've got them. But it's mostly just, we get up, we find the nearest place that has breakfast, we go there, we have breakfast, we eat, we talk, we get up, we move around a little bit, we go and sit somewhere and have one. It's <laughs> yeah. just moving around from meal to meal and That's talking. That's so and, nice. And so relaxing. Um, it is cheaper than therapy. Well, that, right, and more fun. And more fun. <laughs> exactly. I think having a group of friends is so important, like that close-knit group. If you guys were arguing about, you know, how to raise your children, then you're obviously very close, and you trust each other if you're willing to ask those questions. 
So I think. Well, yeah. One of the um, one of the kids is going. She just finished high school, and she's going to the University of Prince Edward Island. Wow. He's um, and there's a mom up there, so it's like they're going to be best buddies. One of the kids went to Ireland and adopted one of the moms from there. Cool. So we just have people that are kind of. All over the place. Yeah. So I saw your clatter ring. Are you Irish? Yes. Are you? Are you? What generation? How far back does it go? I mean, technically, I I can claim citizenship because my mom, <laughs> my mom's mom, my dad's mom, somebody was born there in Cork, so I can actually claim citizenship. Oh my I would have to go through certain. So if you know this country just gets too much for me, <laughs> I'm just like, okay, I'm Irish. That's I amazing. have been known to drink Guinness. I don't know if you know that. It's oh, a no. it's a secret about me that nobody's ever realized. <laughs> Guinness, it's happened. Do you like Guinness out of a bottle? I much prefer it at the bar. At the bar, yeah. And there's a place in downtown Naperville called um, Quigley's, and our colleague that we adopted just knows that. If we're in downtown Naperville, she gets to go lay on the patio there, and wow, I sit and drink beer, and she just sits there and goes, people will come by and tell me I'm pretty. Right, <laughs> yeah, maybe, and you too probably, right? They just sit and drink beer, and they tell you both. <laughs> That's nice. That's, I never drink Guinness here. I drank it there, um, but then I felt like it tasted different here. I understand it tastes better the closer you get to Dublin. Yeah. So I'm going to have to explore that sometime. Have you ever been to Ireland? I have been, but at the time that I went, I was not into Guinness. So this was in 93, and at the time it wasn't really oh, okay. heavy beer. So I think I missed out and have to go back again. Yeah, you do, because it tastes completely different, like at the Guinness factory, and then even to some, the bars in Dublin, and then when you come over here and drink it, it's just not the same. I will drink it on St. Patrick's Day, and that's about it. Every once in a while, my friend's mom like she likes to drink one or two, so then we'll have one with her, but that's, yeah, I can't really do it. So I had no idea, you like wine and beer? Yes, it's been known to happen. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you get into your business of social media maven? Okay, this goes back, but when I um, was going to back to school to brush up on some skills. There was a course called Virtual Assistant. I took the course because it kind of fit into my schedule. Right. Did not knowing that at the end of the course I would have a business plan. Oh. It was like, wow. okay, now I have a business plan. What do I do with it? Yeah. And um, I sat on it for a while trying to figure out what to do with it and I decided to go all in after a while. And then I figured out that um, a lot of clients were having me do projects that didn't lead anywhere. So it would be like, you know, taking a hundred business cards and putting them into a database and it would be like, what are you going to do with these? Yeah. So I wanted to help my clients communicate with their people. So then it became more about newsletters, blogs, and social media. And it's a place where we're shy to be. Right. Because we don't want to talk about ourselves. Because we don't want to be vulnerable. We don't want to be vulnerable, we don't want to seem pushy, mm -hmm. or else we don't know how. And we've seen people that don't know how, that are just very pushy, and nobody wants to be that person. Right. And there's ways to go about things in a respectful manner that showcase your strengths. Yes. Uh, but sometimes people need a little help in that direction. Wow. 
So then you finished the class, and then how did you make your first move after that? What was it? Well, I took some VA clients and then eventually started morphing those into more newsletter clients, oh. and then started morphing those into more social media clients. And now oh. I've got my Facebook group, which helps people with social media, and That's I've cool. got programs, and it's just more helping people to kind of get over that fear of exposing themselves. And what did you do before you went back to school? I was a mom for a while. My husband and I owned a tax business for a while, which oh. was not a good mix for us. <laughs> we figured that out after a bit. Working together? Or the well, tax? Well, he, t taxes was not where I belonged. It was not, <laughs> it was not where I belonged. And that's it's okay. Where it's I where some either. other people yeah. belong. Right. And um, we didn't, we like each other, but don't work well together. Mm -hmm. And he would be working, but then trying to help with the business, but he wouldn't know where things were. Oh, yeah, that's a frustrating thing. So it was just not a good mix for us. And so we moved on from that. That's good. And before that, I had worked at the University of Illinois as a secretary. In Champaign? In Champaign oh. with um, physicists, electrical engineers, and computer scientists. Oh, a really so, exciting group of people there. Yeah, these are people who would give me stuff and say, we need to publish this, and I would make papers look really fabulous. Nice. And mix in with all of the various IEEE yeah. things that they said, okay, you have to look, you have to look like this. And this. I had no idea what any of it said. No. But I made it look good. <laughs> yeah, that's um, so like especially at U of I. That's just such an intense group of individuals. That's where I went. But I was in, so I was in the business school. But I did marketing, so it's like the most most fun business aspect. So you of were it. way south of Green. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Not on the other side of it. Thirty-seven. Oh, nice. Thirty-seven minutes in. Okay. So Okay, we need to get a fan in here, a silent one. Yeah, I don't know if those exist. Well, I wonder if they have like in-room air conditioners. They do. They do, yeah. yeah how much those are and how much right. energy those. Well, those, I've been looking at those because my new apartment does not have um, central AC, so I have a window unit in the bedroom and then like strategically place fans. And I feel like every day I mess with the fans to see how I can get the best airflow and it's just hot. You just go in the bedroom. Just, yeah. I'm going to live just in the right. bedroom for the Just next live month. in the bedroom. Mm -hmm. But they do make those standalone things. So how long were you down there at U of I and why, why were you in Champaign to begin with? I got married to my first husband and he lived there. Oh, you had another husband. I have another husband. He's been gone for a long time. Oh, we God. very rarely talk about him. It's just like, you know, a, a different, it's a different lifetime. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Great. <laughs> we'll move on from that. Yeah. Moved on from yes. him. But then I lived down there for about 15 years. Oh, Went really? Went to school, did some work, just kind of like was in, and in the whole entire college town scene mm -hmm. for a very long time. And then when, at what point did you, did you move straight back? Where when my husband and I got married, he got, after a couple of years, he got a job up here. And okay. it just made the most sense. Both of us have our entire fam immediate families here. His sister's here, uh, my sister's here, his brother's here, my brother's here. Let's see, his folks were here, so everybody was here. 
Wow. And did you meet your husband in Champaign then? Yes. Um, I was in the department. I was a secretary. He was one of the grad students, but he was the one that kept the computer running. Oh. He was a very important person. Yeah. <laughs> but so were you. I was important, but if he did, if the things were not running right... Then nothing worked. Nothing worked. So we had to be very nice to them. Have you been down to Champaign in recent years? A couple of years ago. It's all completely changed. Yes. It really, I went, I drove through it two years ago when I was coming back from, I did a little road trip, and I'm like, I'll just stop in Champaign for dinner and see, and all the kids had just, it was September, the first Labor Day, so everyone had just moved back to school, and I felt so old, and I didn't <laughs> recognize anything, but I hadn't been there since I graduated, so. When did you graduate? In 2010. So it's been a while. Yeah. It had been six years at that point so yeah and a lot like green street was growing a lot when i was there but it's grown even more so now and then i think i went downtown champagne for dinner because i didn't want to deal with the college kids on green street <laughs> yeah and i used to like to go to downtown urbana the last time i was in town yeah. i spent three hundred dollars on shoes at my favorite shoes <laughs> in downtown urbana yes that's the cutest little place and it's like i don't buy shoes you know i don't need any more shoes now for another couple of years right i'm happy <laughs> And I feel like downtown Champaign and Urbana, anytime we went out there when we were in college, we saw professors and we're like, no, let's just stay over like on Green Street. That'll be... Well, the combined population is, I think, about 150,000 or maybe 175 when school's in session. Oh, wow. You cannot go anywhere without running right. into people you know. Exactly. Because when the population's that small, you're going to see a percentage of it whenever you go out. Man, yeah, but it's such a big school too then, because my sister just graduated from Loyola, so we were talking about the difference in the school sizes, and it, I just forget how big U of I was, even being back on campus, how big that campus was. And Loyola is a small school in a big city, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and Champaign-Urbana is a big school in a medium-sized city, so yeah. the school sort of goes out, kind of seeps out into the city, whereas yes. Loyola kind of stays by itself and doesn't expand the college that's true that much that's a good point and even like U of I um, my roommate was a vet sciences major she's actually officially Dr. Angel now she'll probably never listen to this but cheers to Dr. Angel cheers to Dr. <laughs> Angel that, that school is hard I know so where is she working in Brooklyn she just um, I think officially accepted a vet position in Brooklyn and she was messaging me the other day because I knew she had been applying. And then, I mean, because we lived together for two years in college and then she like got a master's in Chicago and then she went to um, Scotland to finish vet school and then did a residency in New York. And now she accepted a full-time position there. So it's been a long road for her, a very long road. But she found what she wanted to do and it's like a 10 minute walk from her place and she said it's so scary to think that, that she could retire in this place because that's how it works when you're a vet or a doctor. You like pick one and you stay. Well, your clients get to know you, you get mm -hmm. to know your clients. Yeah. And I will say I haven't had a vet that didn't graduate from U of I. Really? <laughs> well, we're in Illinois. We yeah. have a lot of vets that graduated that's there that true. work around here. But it's That's cool. Know. Yeah, she considered going back there for like vet school, but then she wanted to leave the country, so she did. And she was in Scotland for a couple of years. 
She didn't know if she was going to come back, but she did. I'm glad. And now she's in Brooklyn. Yeah. Which is not at all like Scotland. No. <laughs> or U of I or Her Aurora. Yeah, she's from Aurora too. So that's been a cool journey to follow. So are you, is this where you envisioned your career going? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is never where I thought I would end up. I don't, I probably thought I would end up in an office somewhere for ever. Mm-hmm. But I I'm liking this better. It's way better. You can be in your jammies. I can be in my jammies not teaching people things. So your husband works from home too, right? My husband works technically out of Nokia, but his office is usually in the basement. This week he's at work all week. It's kind of odd to have him leaving the house. Oh, yeah. But when he's in the house, we sometimes trip over each other. Yeah, just I was going to ask. There's a little bit of, there's often a little bit of awkwardness about, you know, like, hey, you want to make lunch? Like, I already had lunch a half hour ago because I was hungry. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so there's a lot of... Ne- not necessarily communicating because we're both into our thing. He's yeah. finally figured out that there are certain days and certain times I do certain things. You know, it's like, I'm leaving. Oh, that's right. You've got your workshop today. Yes. Okay. It's hard to remember other people's schedules, too. Do you I have, have a family? trained him how to use Google Calendar. Perfect. I was going to ask, do you have a family calendar? It's all on Google. <laughs> do your kids have access, too? Um, there is one section of the calendar that the kids have access to. Oh, but not the whole thing. Not the whole thing. They don't need to know everything. Oh, like your daily stuff. Right. Your daily job. Yeah, You're that right. makes But, sense. you know, like if um, we've got a service person coming to the house or if we've got a doctor's appointment or something like that, it goes on the family calendar. In Google. In Google. I'm obsessed with my Google calendar. That's the only way. <laughs> I've tried. I've probably spent hundreds of dollars on planners. <laughs> And some people love their paper planners. Yes. And they won't give up their paper planners. They have them everywhere they go. And once I figured out that Google worked on my laptop and on my desktop yeah. and on my phone, I was just like... And it'll remind you of things? If you choose to. Right. And that sometimes I think that my calendar controls me, <laughs> but I put everything in there, so I'm actually controlling it to control me. Oh, yeah, and that's a scary thing, too. It's like my calendar's telling me I can leave for this podcast. <laughs> oh, that's right. I told it to tell me that. Right. It's just reminding you. I met with a woman today who didn't have her physical calendar, so she's like, just email me and I'll take a look when I get home but I can't do that because and then I write it down in too many places because now I've got like my to-do list over here and my planner over here and then my google calendar so I can get reminders no it's too much for me one place only are your kids do they use it too they're learning yeah how old are they Uh, my son well he's not around anymore he is 22 and graduated and off working in San Francisco nice and my daughter's going into her senior year of high school. Wow. And she's starting to learn that she needs to look at the calendar for things. <laughs> my mom always, even now, has a paper calendar on the bathroom door. That's just her thing, and she writes everything on there. And so, But it's her thing. Uh, yeah, and she right. she knows. And yeah. you know. If you need to figure out what mom's doing, you go look at that calendar. Yeah, I do. Exactly. And if she, I want her to know what I'm doing, then I put it on the calendar. It's, everyone has their system. Whatever it is, just get a system. That's the point. Take your lane, stay in your lane. Exactly. <laughs> For so many different things that can be applied. So, do your kids think it's cool that you run social media? I 
don't think they know much about what mom does. I'm still, you know, like mom. Just mom. Just mom. <laughs> Hold on, you have to work instead of driving me somewhere? What's this about? Does your senior, does she drive? Not yet. Oh. Which is fine. Yeah. Because the sooner, as soon as she gets her license, this one will have to start paying insurance. Oh, right. Is, was it her choice not to drive? Or? Well, it just the way things have shaken yeah. up. I have one sister that prefers not to drive. She's like, shouldn't drive probably. She's not very safe. <laughs> she is. She, yeah, she's not, a, not the family driver. She's the one who, um, so I have a younger brother and two younger sisters. And she's the one who, when she was learning to drive, my dad asked her to just back the van out of the garage. But the garage and the house overlap just a little bit, so you kind of have to go at an angle, and she backed straight into the house. And then my little sister, like, called me, like, inside immediately. Like, you're never going to believe what happened. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, oh, my dad and stuff so like that happens. <laughs> it does. And, you know, you just... You gotta live with it. There was one time, I, my fault totally, I was backing the car up and I noticed that the neighbor's dog was loose, so I hopped out of the car. Oh no! <laughs> like, uh -oh. you know, that was a really dumb thing to do, but I was worried about the dog and was not thinking. And insurance covered most of the damages, so, you know, oh my God. where did the car go? It just went into the um, uh, basketball hoop metal oh, thing. So it didn't really hurt anything or anybody. It was just like, that was a stupid <laughs> thing to do. Such an impulsive thing to do. You must really like dogs. Yeah, and he, well, Hattie, Hattie was always getting out, so I don't know why I was worried about it. <laughs> they had six kids, and there was always a kid that was right at that age where they would forget about closing the gate. Because, oh. you know, when kids are a certain age, they yeah. just don't they think don't about it. But since they had so many kids, there was always one that was in that stage of life. Gosh, that's funny. But the dog was okay? Yeah, the dog was fine. And your car was okay? And the car was fine, you know. Just, like, all you do is grab a leash and go over, Hey, Hattie, you want to go for a walk? She's completely free running the neighborhood. She's like, yes, I want to go for a walk. <laughs> Hattie, every time you get on this leash, you're home in two minutes. I want to go for a walk. Oh, my God. My sister's dog will escape quite frequently. And anytime, if you pull the car up next to her and she thinks she's going to be able to get in and go somewhere, she'll just hop right in. <laughs> be, that's all you have to do is pull the car around and she'll get right in. Want to go for a ride? Exactly. Okay. Yeah, let's We're go. going home. Oh. <laughs> well, and then she won't look at my stepmom for like an entire day because she knows she's in trouble. <laughs> it's really funny. Yeah, they do know when they're in trouble. Yeah, they do. Well, like kids and everybody else, you can kind of sense it. They pick up on that. Uh, I feel like that's a... What a good time. Do you have anything else you want to say? We've been here for a while. We have been here for a while, and it's quite cozy and quite enjoyable. It is. And I wish you luck with this podcast. And if you're listening to this, you should call her up and say, Hey, I want to be on your podcast. Mary says it's fun. Oh, God, I'm so glad you had fun. Thanks for coming. It is fun. That's why I love, I love doing it. Just sit and chat with someone. And learn. I learned so much about you today. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Cheers.